Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So hello and welcome back to Rock and Roll. And yet again, it's just the two of us. Rumours that she's in Tonga have been proven unfounded by pictures of her eating potatoes with like furlong. Patricia, how are you doing, Patricia? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm not too bad, thanks. Uh, we the service as well. Yeah. Again, me making comments. I've been by pull, I've almost pulled a wally making comments about things that we can see and no one else can. Um, before we delve into rugby things, it's been a long time since we've done something aside from it at the introduction. Are you aware of what was made away today of the um hinge quiz? Are you aware of the hinge quiz? No, I don't think so. So you know the dating app hinge? I'm aware. I have matched with monster rugby players on there in the past. <laughs> um... <laughs> Like it was anyway. I I still think that's what the Exeter players were doing when they were all on their phones during the um <laughs> the European Cup game. I think they were all on all on Tinder. Um, well, there was a woman who went on Inge and matched with over a hundred men, basically just to ask them questions, so she could set up a Zoom quiz during lockdown, which is absolutely the best thing I've seen. That sounds like so much fun, doesn't it? But I only wanted to highlight it because I was made aware today and just. Like men are as shit as you expect men to be, and I know that this will get some people turning off in their drawers again and again and give a shit. So the que- some of the questions included: Could you fight a bear and win? What percentage of men do you think said they could fight a bear, an actual bear, like a real bear, and win? Oh, it's gonna be something like outrageously high um 72 percent oh see you do you've overshot a little it's 44 uh, but still 44 percent that's too but, many almost half of the male population that she spoke to thought they could fight a bay was she talking to a world's strongest man contestants or were nope. they just normal men just no as normal as men can get 
Because, like, Eddie Hall, I reckon he could probably give it a good go, but, like... Yeah, I'd fancy maybe Eddie Hall. No disrespect. You're you're not beating a bear. Back, oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I agree. I'm, I am not one of the 44%. I could not win a fight with a bear unless maybe it was Paddington. I fancy my chances against it. Although... I w- why would you want to fight Paddington? What the fuck? Uh, for killing the Queen? That was my understanding of the memes was the pardon and bake of the queen. <laughs> um, how many? What percentage of men do you think said they could land a plane? Oh, again, it's gonna be like if it's not if it's not half, it's gonna be around that. I don't know, fifty-seven percent, sixty-five percent of men <laughs> thought that in a in a situation where they were just told, "Shit, the pilot's gone down. We need you to land this plane." They could land the plane. They're such funny creatures. I mean, maybe if you talk me step by step and told me how much I had to do, I could land a plane. Maybe. I think <laughs> yeah, I think even in those circumstances, it's not a given. It's not like people go to school for an incredibly long time to learn how to land planes. Yeah, that's why there's, there's pilots everywhere, isn't it? Like everyone, <laughs> that's why they don't pay them so much because everyone can be a pilot. Absolute nonsense. So yeah, um, there's a woman on TikTok who I think is called something like Aileen, um, who, who did an old Inch quiz and now she started on uh, Bumble. She's got banned from Inch <laughs> for doing the quiz, but uh, yeah, I I just really enjoyed that today and I thought it'd be fun for I thought you'd enjoy it as well. Shall we move on to what is a pretty news packed? Rugby. I don't know what we're gonna talk about. It's been a quiet week. It's been a quiet week. I mean, we, we only recorded, what, five days ago? And everything that we were waiting to happen then has happened now. Well, we kind of thought that we would finish, uh, cut off to go and watch Taskmaster, and then Pivak would fall on his sword or the WIU would get rid of it. I would and like then... to publicly apologise to Sarah Milliken at this juncture because I yeah, feel like we both said she that. was going to win yeah. Taskmaster and then she had a bad episode and didn't. Absolutely, we we both we both ruined that for her completely and utterly. She was looking so good. We Paul Williams the. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Sarah. <laughs> I'm sorry for doing that to you. Um, yeah, and then we were expecting maybe we might get a sack in, and then boom. We record four days later, we've got two. Two for the price of one. Let's go. Who do you want to start with? Well, I was going to say, well, we're going to start with what is without doubt the biggest rugby news story of the week that's blown people's minds. And I cannot wait now for the tournament to get started. Shane Byrne is on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> like, that is something special, especially that suit. Did you see the suit? I did. Ireland have a very... um unique definition of what we consider a star um <laughs> in fairness to Shane Byrne he's been in a Hollywood film how much more of a star can you get that's that star of Mrs Brown's boys D apostrophe movie Shane Byrne <laughs> he in so that? yeah he is going he plays a Russian a Russian mobster in it I tell you what I went to see that <laughs> whoa, in the cinema whoa, whoa. he's he a Russian with, with accent complete with accent but I uh... Maybe you should watch the Mrs. Brown's Boys movie. Has Shane Byrne, is he slowly becoming the Irish Ray Gravel? Maybe. Is this what, is this his long-term goal? 
but he is now on Dancing with the Stars Ireland alongside such other stars as our former state pathologist who was working during COVID. I did not. Literally the only one I've seen is Shane Burden and I was like, where can I get a link for this when it starts? Because I need to see that. But I didn't know about the pathologist. <laughs> that That's something special. I mean, that I would say that Strictly sometimes have a, a poor grasp on what a celebrity The thing is, is though, we laugh like Ireland in general, like we laugh at stuff like that when they announce lineups for this stuff because they're hilarious with what they, you know, their sort of scope of the word star. But then also when they said Dr. Marie Cassidy is on Dancing with the Stars, no one needed the explanation as to who she was. Well, we all exactly. knew who she was. So it goes both ways because we did all know. But yeah, Shane Byrne on Dancing with the Stars, I, it eclipsed anything else that's happened in rugby over the last 48 hours, I think. I think so. So we just wrap it up there, call it a day. And this has been rock and roll. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> well, I, I, look, I know you like to think you're now hosting the show on your own, but I've still got a part to play, all right? I'm still here, at least in some uh, regards. Your introduction was much better this week. Well, I, I managed to say it for a start. So well, that's, that's <laughs> it all only took you. It only took you one attempt. Yeah. <laughs> it took me three last week. <laughs> three attempts to say what was what was a pretty easy introduction as well. It wasn't even that difficult what I tried to it say. It was just a sentence. Yeah, yeah, I struggled <laughs> with them. Um <laughs> we've also got the amazing news of um Pekatoa. Where is he now? Who knows? Honestly, who knows? Pekatoa is. There were there were reports that he that he was I don't know some Dublin potholes were re- saying that he was refusing to come back to, to to Munster after Tonga's autumn games even though Tonga played their autumn games in Europe so he wouldn't have been in Tonga, he have been in Tonga and also anyway. he came back in the rest week even though he didn't have to to play in the Munster South Africa game so he had been in Munster and while all this was happening he was at the MRSC children's Christmas party with Ben Healy so unless Ben Healy went to Tonga as well and they brought the MRSC with them Malachi Fekatoa is present and accounted for at Munster training probably going to play this weekend in the Heineken Cup I don't know what people are talking about there's rumours that he's not settling in very well which is a shame if it's true but I think that he did an interview today and it was essentially yeah I moved to a new place after a huge natural disaster in my home country and I had a new baby and it's just taking me a little bit of time to settle in but I'm confident that I will settle in and I'm really enjoying myself here so people are just trying to make stories out of nothing I think journalists making stories out of nothing Um, I think a much bigger story actually is JJ Hanrahan saying that he's um very happy at the Dragons and that Newport is a very similar place to live than Limerick. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know which city that's harsher on, to be honest. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend Newport here because I really like Newport. I've had some great nights in Newport. I don't know if I'd want to live there, but I've had some great, great times in Newport and I love it with my own little heart. Do you know um, what? I didn't I didn't particularly enjoy living in Limerick, but I think now that I don't live in Limerick, there were quite certainly external factors at play that made me not enjoy my time there. And every time I go back now, I'm like, Do you know what? This place is all right. And Bowman yeah. Park is there. So Yeah, it's I fine. kinda I kinda like Newport in a in a in a fun way. Like I, I think nice everyone likes their own little shithole places, don't they? 
yeah, I mean, I live in the valleys, so yeah, I live then. <laughs> I've had good nights out in Merthyr, for God's sake. I so. just thought it was, I just thought it was funny that he just chose violence on both of those places by saying that. <laughs> so the argument about which is worse now, or like, who's more offended by being compared to the other. Um, I know this will mean nothing to you, but I celebrated Wales winning the 2005 Grand Slam in Barbud. So, like, I can't talk about shit or places. Um, All I know I... is that there's there's no chicken hut in Newport. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he was talking about. You can't get chicken hot gravy in Newport. That's just a fact. So automatically Limerick wins. End of story. But there is a tiny rebel and tiny rebel trumps all. Look, you've never had chicken hot gravy. That's all I'm saying. Um, I I walked. I went to Bargain Snooker Club after Wales won the Grand Slam, and I was playing with a beach ball in there, quite <laughs> intoxicated. Um, bashing a beat, and some bouncer came past and grabbed, it and he said, "There's no ball games in you." And I said, "We're in a fucking snooker club. What are you talking about? <laughs> no madness here. <laughs> there is specifically ball games here. Otherwise, this place would not exist." <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, it was a good night. Um, <laughs> shall we move on to some real actual news? Um, sure. Not something that happened in 2005. Gatlin's back. Gatlin's return, back. Return of the king. Return of the king. <laughs> Madness. I, it was one of those things that obviously got talked about. Mm-hmm. And you were all like, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be really fun if Gatlin came back? And not for one second did I actually think it was going to happen. Like... Part of me didn't think we were going to sack Pivak anyway. I, I thought P- Pivak would cling on until the World Cup and we would sack him in a car park in France. We would, As we, is the Welsh way. As is tradition. But Gatlin's back. He's, he... there's, there's, there's nothing else to say. That's Warren it. Gatlin is Wales head coach. What year is it now? 2022 it is. Nearly well, 2023, and Warren Gatland is Wales head coach. Gatland's back. Judgment Day's back. I think all the Cardiff should do the rightful thing and readopt the Blues name. Like I think we <laughs> we need to things need to go back to normal, back to pre-COVID times. Back, back to back to 2019 BC before COVID. But we need <laughs> we need that back. And then. Is it too mad to think that Pivak will go back to the Scarlets because like Peels are having a good time? He's there are rumors himself. that uh, there are rumors that Leinster want him to replace Leo Cullen and Stuart Lancaster, which Absolutely. I'm all for that. No, I bet he just wants are. he just wants to be closer to Tyg Byrne. He just really misses Tyg Byrne, and he's thinking like, <laughs> what's how how close can I get to to Tyg Byrne? So the top of the M7 thought that'll do. Do you not think Tyg will be putting him off his egg luck wing when I was there? It wasn't good times. Wayne, they'll make you sell pizza if you go and go to them. Wayne, you're back driving around on a domino scooter to look <laughs> stuffed crusts. It's exactly where this ends up. I actually believe that Tyke Byrne was working for um, definitely not culturally appropriation named Apache Pizza when he was... Jesus Christ, of course he was. Course yeah, he that was. is that is a pizza chain over here. Because Ireland has a is a progressive country, and again, obviously, what attracted um, Jack Noel and Co to have their <laughs> <laughs> this stag weekend in Ireland. Um, 
Gatlin said that his reputation and his history of Wales is on the line. Do you agree with that? No, that's absolute bullshit. And he, I think he knows that as well. He is like, he's bulletproof now because everyone who hated him two and a half years ago is like, oh my God, Warren is back. This is the best day ever. It's Gatmus. Like, everyone is just fucking... The, the absolute, like, revisionism that's gone on in the last two days on Twitter is hilarious. And, like, I think it's... I don't know. I think it's... Obviously, it's a good thing because Wales needed someone, anyone, to come and be their coach. And there's probably going to be less of, like, a bedding-in period because it hasn't been that long since he was Wales coach. But I don't think that his reputation's on the line at all. I think no. if he fails, it's like, look what he had to take over from. And if he, if he succeeds at all, even, you know, even if he gets, even if Wales don't go further than they did in the last World Cup, it's like, look what Warren did in such a short amount of time. I think he's kind of bulletproof with it now. If he finishes in the top three of the Six Nations and then gets out of the pool at the World Cup, it will already be deemed a success. All he has to do is beat Georgia. <laughs> the bar is on the floor. Like he, he really doesn't have to do much here. We went like, look, we Wayne Pivak delivered. But this is the weird thing about Pivak, and we talked about it a little bit last week, didn't we? That like his position in the end was untenable. Like yeah. there was absolutely no way he could hang on to that job. But in three years, he's won a six nation championship and the first ever win. Welsh win in South Africa. How can you have such a terrible reputation? Like, how can, how can everything else go so badly that you can win a Six Nations and beat South Africa and still... I suppose it, it is, like, sort of Warren's fault a little bit because before Warren Gatland, we would be fucking delighted with that. I think would... that when Warren Gatland was in charge, it was less dramatic ups and downs if that makes yeah. sense so like even when Wales were there were obviously times under Warren Gatland where Wales were worse than other times but even when they were bad they would come say like fourth in the Six Nations it was yeah. never it was never lose at home to Italy and Georgia bad and I think that that's that is what it comes down to is that Warren never let it get like that I think that the whole thing has I mean We'll obviously get onto it with England as well. I think it's just been it's been a bit nuts. It's just been like, hey, Gatlin's back. Also, they just they just like slip it in where they're like, we don't know who his assistants are yet, and he might extend his contract to the next World Cup after this one. But don't you know he's back? They just frame it as like Warren's back, and then they bury all this little information in because they're like, this could be a five year contract for Warren Gatlin now. Well, yeah, I think it was announced that it's a twelve month contract, and this is a ten month contract. In which case, it could also be a five year contract. <laughs> It's like trying to trying to work out the maths of exactly what contract Warren Gatlin's got. It's quite. It feels very feels very WRU. Yeah, yeah. It's just our it's just our contract. Me, I, do you know what? It feels so WRU that I'd imagine that they've wrote all those different dates on different pages of the contract, and nobody realizes another <laughs> Just whichever one fits, whichever one works, we'll use that one. They basically said, Warren, however long you want to leave your kids for, you do that. Just come yeah. here to us, please. How long of a gap do you think you need from Bryn? <laughs> How long do you think it is before TikTok dies and you don't have to do dances at home anymore? Like <laughs> That's basically, that's what they've aimed for. 
what do you make of the um the option to extend the contract until 2027 do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing it can only be a good thing i think do you reckon yeah yeah absolutely because the fact that it's the option to extend, and I'm, I, I'm hopefully for both parties, I'm hoping the WRU at least have a get-up close where Gatland doesn't come in, lose every game between now and the World Cup, lose every game in the World Cup, and then go, nah, I'll, I'll take that extension, thanks, lads. Like, I hope, <laughs> that's, I hope we, we've at least got something in there. But, yeah, I think it's a great idea to go, well, actually, if everything's going really well and you're happy and we're happy, then of course you can stay for another World Cup. You stay as long as you want. We can't survive without you, Warren. Like you I just... think that's the problem, though. I, I don't think it is a problem because we need to remember that that unlike, you know, Johnny Sexton, he doesn't have to be physically fit. He doesn't have to be able to run around for 60 minutes because he's just sat on the side. He just needs to be able to coach us to wins. So, yeah, give him as much time as he wants if that's the case. I think they'll be broke buying full-fat Pepsi for Rob Howley if they're... Um... <laughs> If, well, they're, the if other, they're going through to the next World Cup. That's the other question. I'm sorry, I just shoved a peach ring in my mouth while we were talking, <laughs> which is a bad idea. There's been no announcement of what's happening with the backroom staff. They asked Gatland and he was like, I haven't even thought about it yet. I wasn't expecting to get this job. And you're like, really? You would, you would Yeah, how true, do, how true do you reckon that is? I think it's out of bollocks. I think he <laughs> knew full well. He was stood on the side. Watching for Amazon, making notes, going, that's what I do different when I take over. <laughs> I think 100% he knew that he was having having this job. I don't think for one second. I don't know how long ago back. He definitely knew before, like, the review happened. Before the Australia game? Yeah. Uh, do, you re- do you reckon after Georgia they phoned him and went, here, Warren, we're going to wait a couple of weeks because... Uh, you know, it looks bad if we don't, but please. Yes, yeah, 100%. They were like, look, we, we don't we don't want to come out of this looking badly because only the WRU could have made that situation where they ended up looking like the villains. <laughs> the guy who won three games in a year that included bloody Italy and Georgia and could have come out of it looking like, like the bad guys. But yeah, 100% he knew. He definitely knew. There, there was, like we knew. He was making his list of improvements. He was like, he was watching them warm up for the Australia game. And he was like, I don't know about that hair on Justin Tipperick. <laughs> Do you know what? That would be my first thing I'd want written in my contract. <laughs> I will take over, but Tips needs his old haircut. Or at least a better haircut. I don't no, I love his hair. No, I'm not a fan. I think it's majestic. I don't think it. I don't think it's still at all levels, but I'm not going back and, and turning that rock again. And I don't know if Justin Tipperick's on Facebook, so I think I can see this. But I'm not a big fan of Tips' is here. Like, I'm a big fan of Tips, but not that, not that cut. Um, well, if he, if he's listening, know that fifty percent of this podcast loves your hair, Justin Tipperick. <laughs> I mean, he can do what he wants because not only can I know I win a fight with the bear, can't win a fight with Justin Tipperick. I <laughs> so if he wants to keep the A, he can keep the A. Um, but we don't know what's happening with the backroom staff. Apparently, Warren doesn't know what's happening with the backroom staff. Have we got the money to get rid of the backroom staff? I think that some of them will surely go. I don't know. Like That's actually very interesting because I don't see Gatland working with that team. But then it's the question of 
was the team bad or was Pivac bad at getting what he needed out of that team in yeah, terms of I, coaches? Be, I just don't know if, if Gatland will work well with Stephen Jones. Well, he took him on the Lions tour, didn't he? He replaced Owley on the yeah. Lions tour. Was it obviously the World but, Cup? It was the World Cup. The World Cup, but but that was because he was coming in to replace... He was coming in with Wayne Pivak anyway. Like, Wayne Pivak went to the World Cup. Yeah. So they were there as Pivak's team. But I, I, I don't know. I think it'll be very interesting. It, it, from the way Warren spoke about it, it, it appears that he is going to get new backroom staff. But he certainly didn't give a vote of confidence to any of the, the people. I think if I was... Stephen Jones sat in the house watching the interview. I wouldn't think, oh well, that's, I'm going to be completely fine. Yeah. You see Warren Gatlin looking at a piece of paper says, "Gethin Jenkins." No, absolutely not. Don't think so. Well, I the only thing I think, right, and I've said numerous times on this podcast, is Stephen Jones is too nice. Wayne Pivak was too nice, and we needed. So maybe Stephen Jones would work quite well because Warren can be an horrible bastard. And we know that, that Sean Edwards was like, he can be a nasty bastard. Like we, mm. we know from the stories that Sean Edwards was punching people in the face as training when he was at Wasps. So we know full well what he was like. And Could you imagine Gethin Jenkins angrily punching people in the face for the fun of it? Yeah, absolutely I can. Like yeah, that is fair actually. He, so maybe it's just the change of atmosphere is enough to get because then Stephen Jones can be the nice guy. Stephen like Jones maybe Warren, Warren is enough. Yeah, I think Warren and Gethin Jenkins is enough for you to be scared that when Stephen Jones comes over and says we're going to run some box moves, you're like, well, I'm going to listen to these because I want to spend the next hour right here. I do not want to be going back over with those guys. I just think that they should get Rob Howley back because his whole attacking coaching strategy just seemed to be just score a try. It, it was rugby chaos. But how, how how do we score that try, Rob? I, I don't know. Just score it. Well, I I remember scoring one of the most majestic tries I've ever seen on the back of a, a scrum against South Africa where we lined players up behind the scrum. And it, it was the most mental thing that we no matter what we did, we were going to create an overlap. And it was just before the World Cup that Rob didn't go to because of the gambling issues. Hmm that men Stephen took over. And so we never got to see her at the World Cup. It, it never happened because we did it once and I was like, that's definitely going to come back. Like, we're not going to see that again until the World Cup happens and then the World Cup happened without Rob. So, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's me. very, very interesting. And I think it's funny that even though it's definitely nothing to do with him, Warren Gatland was announced and then like 12 seconds later, they were like, oh, we've also fixed the regions. <laughs> Just like the, the instant like improvement in vibes from Warren Gatlin coming back managed to fix the regions. Any news on the roof yet? That's the important thing. The Has roof is opening fixed? and closing quicker than it ever did. <laughs> yeah. It's smooth now, doesn't even make a noise. Just like <laughs> straight in. It's like a lift door now. It's just bam. With it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it does feel it was weird because I. Uh, Talking to, to my girlfriend who I said like she'd fallen out of love completely with with Welsh rugby and she said, Well, I think this this maybe this is the thing that gets me excited and gets me back into rugby again, which I think speaks volumes for exactly how the Welsh public feels at the minute as well. I think Look, as a as a as a non Welsh person, I'm happy enough for all of that to be true and all of you to be happy and 
you know, bask in the glory of the olden days until it's the first game of the Six Nations and Wales are playing Ireland. Because look, at that a, point, I will have to become a hater. Like, I'm sorry, I just will. Look, it's a World Cup year, so we know what's going to happen with you guys anyway. So let's <laughs> worry about that. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but you did mention that everyone is now happy to see Gal. Not everybody, because I've been on Twitter. And that group of Blues fans, they're still not happy. Are you Are you trying to tell me that that group of Blues fans are not happy about something? They won't be happy with us calling them that group of Blues fans, let me tell you. <laughs> it is absolutely hilarious. Like, some of the absolute nonsense that they've come up with, they're like, well, actually, his win percentage wasn't... Yeah, we, won, we won three games this year. It was a lot better <laughs> when he was there than before and after he was there. Also, like, a, good win, a good win percentage doesn't even guarantee you job security these days. Well, that's exactly the thing. We'll move on to that guy next. <laughs> um, I think one one point that I saw, which I actually thought was was quite interesting, it wasn't something that I had thought of, was that if they were willing to throw the money that they needed to throw at Warren Gatland now and the possibility of extending this contract until 2027, why weren't they willing to give Sean Edwards the four-year contract that he was asking for? Um, be, because Welsh rugby, we I mean, at that point, we still had a hotel to build, so I will say that. Um, fair enough. I just I thought it think... was like they, you know, we could this all could have been avoided had they just like I, it, I think the point was essentially like Sean Edwards deserved that four year contract and he yeah. wanted it and they wouldn't give it to him, and that obviously now, uh, not even necessarily just with the benefit of hindsight, it's like oh yeah, why didn't they do that? Because then they wouldn't have had to buy, they wouldn't have had to lose to Italy and Georgia and they wouldn't have had to buy Pivak out of the rest of his contract and Jeff Warren and all this. I just thought it was interesting. I think as well because Pivak is that nice guy and isn't perhaps a big character, shall we say. As as friend of the pod, Gavin Thomas would say, he looks like he microwaves his tea. Like he's, (laughs) he's got that kind of, he doesn't look like he'd win an argument with Sean Edwards. So could you really continue on with the most successful defensive and assistant coach? Like, oh, well, it was assistant coach, I would use assistant, but most of effective defence coach who's won just about however many Grand Slams while he was there and, and tournaments and done just about everything. Is Pivak going to tell him, well, actually, I think you're wrong there, Sean. Actually, I think we should do it my way. Like yeah, that's fair. But then also, you know, he doesn't have to win those. Um, he doesn't have to win those arguments. Wales probably would have been in a better position if he'd lost those arguments. Yeah, and, and that's exactly. I mean, it would have been interesting to see if Sean could have made that step up and think. And I think that's what the interesting thing about Gatlin's contract where they go, well, you can have it till twenty twenty seven if you like, knowing full well that Sean Edwards has just signed the contract with the French Rugby Union until then. And you would have thought he'd want another pop at the head coach job at some point. You would have thought he'd mm-hmm. want to be the main guy again at some point. So that'll be quite an interesting one because that's the only way sure, surely that it Yeah, can I think it's all it's all very interesting. We don't often get stuff like this in rugby where we have all of this so much sort of shifts around so quickly and so unexpectedly in the middle of a season like this. I mean, we had you know, stuff like Razzie leaving and stuff that felt like sort of extenuating circumstances. And now it's 
it's all happening. Well, rugby, like, oh, it's a different game because, like, everything's always done like it's a bit of a gentleman. Okay, well, we'll see what you end your contract or you see it at the end of the season and then leave by, you know, mutual consent. He's decided to st- take a step back and this. So to go, yep, sacked, gone, done. It's kind of come full circle in a way because the real, I feel like the first time this properly happened in rugby was Richard Cockrell getting sacked from Leicester. Yeah. And now, and now he's England head coach. Now he stepped in at England. I, I do think it's one of the things that works better in football. I, I'm all for people getting sacked. Like I, th- I think to, a, to an extent, if if you're if you're not doing well, then why would you see out? You know, a year, another year of yeah, watching watching the guy not do well. <laughs> this is the, they're like oh, at the end of the season they'll be gone, so we're just gonna watch him be really shit between now and then. Like yeah. And in a just going, it's okay. We're ring fence, so don't worry about us. It's just his reputation. Reputation is slowly dying. Like, just cut the cord. Like, get it done. And all of that being said, all of that being said, what the fuck are the RFU doing? But, <laughs> but like, the same thing we're trying. Remember when like Falatau went to Bath? Mm. That was so exciting that he because they were like, oh, he's got a year left on his contract, so everything will be oh shit, a million pound bye. Like. <laughs> We they needed to be more. I would want to see more of that. I want to see it be a bit more. Imagine the chaos if rugby had a transfer window. I would love it. I would absolutely love it. It would be insane. I mean, Welsh rugby might die on the back of that. That might be the final <laughs> nail in the coffin. Even with Warren back in charge, that might be the end of it. Um, before we do move on to um Uncle Eddie, um, what can Gats do different? You think then? What 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 can he bring to the table other than possibly having Adley Parks's phone number still, which I maybe payback deleted? Um, what can he do differently? Do you think to to get Wales back? Well, he can probably beat Italy for a start. <laughs> right, there we go. That's that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I think that I I think that they will just go back to. Warren Ball as much as I don't I think that Warren Ball was a bit sort of over egged as a concept I don't think that it was ever really as bad as people like to make it sound like it was Warren Ball but I I think that he'll walk in and the bones of that squad played under him there I know Pivak did give a lot of new debuts but in terms of like your sort of solid 30 players most of them will have played under him and I think that he'll just say look you all know what I'm about I think I think it'll work because I think that there won't be that sort of transition period I guess because they're not transitioning forward they're transitioning backwards so they won't have you know he'll be them a lot of them will have been on a lot but quite a few of them will have been working with him a year ago exactly exactly and he'll you know he'll make sure that they're all fucking their basic skills are a lot better than they have been this year but but I don't think that it will take a lot for him to get them back to how they were playing coming into the 2019 World Cup I think it'll be really really interesting to see how they go in the Six Nations even if the Six Nations is a bit janky because they'll only have had a couple of weeks with them I still think that I still think that a couple of weeks might be enough because it's because it's Warren and they all know him and the I I'd be very interested to see what he does selection wise, who he brings back and who he lets go. Because I kind of can't 
I can't call like if he's gonna go fully back to everyone who still has two legs that played in the 2019 semi-final or if he's going to say right you know you're out you're out you're in you're out I'd be I'd, I'd be very interested to see what Wales the Six Nations squad looks like now same especially because we know that although he relies on the players that he knows he can rely on there is no place for sentimentality as Martin he's ruthless William... when he feels like it's time to be ruthless yep. And if he feels like, you know, if he feels like Alan Wynne Jones's performance against Australia doesn't cancel out his performances across the rest of the year, Alan Wynne Jones will not play for Wales again. And that it's as, it's as simple as that. And so, as as Martin Williams and Jamie Roberts, and without causing rifts in international relations, Brian O'Driscoll knows, I Gatland will make those calls. He is willing to drop players regardless of who you are or what you've done. If you're not performing right now, and not even just performing, because you can't say that O'Driscoll wasn't performing. It was just, well, he he doesn't suit the style that I want to play as Mm -hmm. much as Jamie Roberts and Jonathan Davis does. And so... I think it's very... um, I find Dan Bigger's move to France extremely interesting now. In, in this sort of new light, this whole he left Northampton immediately to go to Toulon and start earning the big bucks. And Toulon and Dan Bigger feels like a bit of a weird pairing. It's not something that would necessarily come straight to the front of your mind. But now, you know, Gatland was heading into the World Cup with Gareth Anscombe as his 10 before, yeah. obviously, Anscombe got that horrific injury. So I wonder if there's an element of did Dan Bigger sense something in the water and think, you know what, I'm going to take this contract now because he may not be in favour once Gatlin comes back in. I just think think there's a lot of... We're not really going to know more until the start of and maybe even the end of the Six Nations, but I think there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts going on, more so with Wales than with England, I feel like, but um, there's a lot up in the air and I think that it's going to be really really interesting I think it'll put eyes on on the Six Nations as well I think it'll even people in Wales who sort of not fell out of love with rugby but people who were more casual and just fell out of interest because Wales weren't winning I think this will draw even casual watchers back in to say oh you know Gatland is back and Pivak is gone and it's all happened you know just after the autumn and it's all very exciting and tense and what's going to happen kind of thing I think it's it's so it's been so fun the last couple of days. I've actually really enjoyed it. Not even just the last couple of days, like the past like eighteen months. Rugby's got mental, and it keeps getting moment. It's amazing. Like Australia, we don't really know whether they're good or they're shit because they're exciting to watch, but they can't win a game unless it's against Wales because Wales are more because <laughs> they can't even beat Georgia and Italy. And then like France are playing some of the best rugby you've ever seen in your life. The All Blacks, we can't work out how good they are. We don't know how good England are, but seemingly are gonna get better under Eddie Jones. No, wait a minute, Eddie Jones isn't fucking there anymore. <laughs> He's gone. Like this is this is magic. Portugal are back in a World Cup and playing great rugby. Chile are the future of the game. Like, what is going on? Yeah, and it's even like Ireland aren't playing well, but they're still winning everything. Like the Ireland URC. Not playing well, but they are the best team in the world. Everyone is taking games off each other in the URC. Cardiff nilled the Sharks in <laughs> South Africa. Like literally what what is going on in rugby? <laughs> It's it bongers and I love it. It it mm. long may it stay. Um, I mean, if teams could stop going bankrupt, that'd be fucking excellent. But other than that, yeah. I'm I'm loving life at the minute. Rugby's the place to be, and I'm I'm only more excited this week. 
I'm more excited by the doggy dog cutthroat. We're going to just sack anyone off that we don't feel has got the right vibes. Like, it's amazing. I think everything should be based off vibes, to be honest. I think so. I think so. No decision should be made on based on any criteria except vibes. And then, and then before like we get to Eddie, like Ian Foster, we talked about the All Blacks. Like, he must be shitting himself now because everyone's slagging the All Blacks off, despite them like not actually being that bad and actually winning quite a few games. Like, I know they've lost some, but they're still winning the majority of their games. And then Scott Robertson's got a clause that says basically he's got to be offered a contract before the end of the World Cup, or he can just go wherever the fuck he wants. And so, Warren Gatland said in his leaving his leaving <laughs> quote from the Chiefs was. I think there's one man in New Zealand who can coach the All Blacks at his razor. So, yeah, everyone is going to be sweating. I think Michael Checker is like, I'm fine. I've got 11 jobs. So, like, I've got something yeah. to go to if, if things go tits up here. But no one is safe. I think no one is safe except Galtier and Owen, and Owen Farrell. No, Andy Farrell. Thank you. <laughs> but then Owen Farrell is safe enough as well. Like, but the, Does the Andy Farrell thing worry you that he'll do one World Cup and then maybe, like, England might be looking at him? Or do you think Borthwick's mm. going to be their guy for a long time? If it is Borthwick, if they can I afford Borthwick. If it is Borthwick, whoever, I think whoever whoever England get after Richard Cockerell um, will be their four-year guy. I'm not particularly worried about Andy Farrell right now. It didn't even really cross my mind, to be honest. I don't, like... When they when all of this started coming out last night and this morning, there was there was no second where I thought, oh shit, are they going to make a play for Andy Farrell? I don't think that they will, and I don't think that he'd be massively interested. I don't really know why you'd want to go and do it. To be honest, I think if he'd wanted to do it, he would have tried harder to do it before now. Mm. Wales are looking for a defence coach as well. Um... Wales can fuck off. <laughs> I can't call the podcast that. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, as we've already talked about numerous times, so it's going to come as no shock to anyone, even if they haven't seen any news or Twitter or Instagram or anything. Eddie's been sacked. Now, it's not just me. This is fucking mental, right? This is... What the actual fuck are the RFU doing? They've just imploded. It will go down in history as rugby's most astronomical L. I, I just... Even, like Matt Gitto came out in Eddie's defence this week. And if you're going up against Matt Gitto, you've already got to consider if you've done the right thing. They've just pressed the self-destruct button for no fucking reason. What? Like, I, I, it's absolutely ludicrous that, what, they lost to Argentina. And so they're like, we're we're just going to fucking jump off the ship. Like, they're, it, they're acting like, like they've jumped off the Titanic, but the Titanic hasn't even hit the iceberg. <laughs> like the iceberg's not there. There's no iceberg, and they've, they've just jumped seen off anyway. Some ice over over starboard or whatever's over that side. What they've uh, seen is the World Cup trophy. I'm like, oh shit, iceberg, and they jumped off the ship. It's ridiculous. It's it's absolutely it. insane. It is ludicrous, and I just don't look. I'm not. I'm no fan of Eddie Jones. As as a guy, right? Every, sort of every time he speaks, I'm just I'm just like, please stop. Um, <laughs> I'm not like I'm not I'm no fan of England either. Like you know, great England aren't going to win the World Cup now. Happy days. But if you hire the guy in rugby who is the most proven to peak at World Cups, he has literally done it 
one, two, three, four, five times now in a row. The last five World Cups, the teams that Eddie Jones has been involved in, in some capacity or another, have to a greater or lesser extent peaked at the World Cup time. They've overperformed at every World Cup. Yeah, even and they've and they, even if they've been having bad years leading up to that, and I think to hire that guy on that basis, knowing that that's what he does. And having seen that he's just done it for you over the last four years, to then choose to rehire that guy and to to cut him nine months before the thing that he is building for is absolutely brain dead. Like, by all means, don't hire him for the four years. If you choose, if you don't want him, you know, don't don't give him another contract after 2019. But don't wait until now to fire him. It's absolutely it's, it's brain dead. It's ludicrous. It's it, unbelievable. I could not believe when it got to last night and it was like all but confirmed. I just, you have to sit back and laugh at them. It's hilarious. I, 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 I can't believe that they, they've done it. I genuinely am in shock that they thought this was the way forward. And then they said the talk was that they would, you, they would replace him with Gatland. Again, like, the pull of Gatland is the same pull that Eddie Jones has. Like they peak for mm. at, when they need to peak. But they'll have good Six Nations tournaments with him, but with like two years to go, you know they build into a World Cup. That's that's what they want. That's what they're doing. And And I, I think I think that they they weren't playing well. They didn't have a they didn't have their best year. And I think that they were probably playing worse than even Eddie Jones would have expected them to be with everything he was holding back, if that makes sense. I think there was some bad form in there as well. But to lose by a point to Argentina and then say, right, fuck this, you're gone. Nine months before World Cup is absolutely... I'm incredulous about the whole... I genuinely... I can't believe it. And I think that you can say what you want about his... The issues with his man management and his personality seem to be what they cited quite a lot. But he's been your coach for, what, seven years now? You know that. And I think that you can, like, I don't see how bad it could have been that they couldn't have stuck it out for the next few months, knowing that they were in the best position they were ever going to be in to win another World Cup. I just think it's absolutely, it's bonkers. And it is such, it's the it's the wrong decision. Imagine sticking with a guy injuring players doing kung fu in training but deciding that the draw with the all blacks is a step too far like, like i just that's... think do like do the rfu not understand sort of i don't know rugby like it's <laughs> it's unbelievable they absolutely do not. And, and to do say any that rugby unions understand rugby to say that um you're essentially sacking him because he's a bully and He's a he's this horrible guy to then replace him with a guy who's lost what four coaching jobs in the last seven years because of being a bully and being too difficult to deal with. It's hilarious. The whole Richard Cockrell thing makes it even even crazier to me. It 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 appears that they were banking on replacing him with Borthwick and then couldn't afford Borthwick. Yep, that hundred percent. Like these are the mental things. Right? First of all, like I said, they they played you like oh well, he's a bit of a bully thing. Well. You didn't mind him being a bully when you were winning. Like when you were winning. Exactly. Like, well, we can put up with bullies when we win. But bullies lose. Oh, that's bad. Then it's like no him. one told them. It's like no one told them that his main focus was the World Cup. 
It's like they yeah. never they've never met Eddie Jones before. And then, like to to sack Eddie Jones without having that transition in place to go right. Well, we've got this guy lined up. He's going to step into this job, and everything's going to like the WWE at least did that. Like Pivak knew he was going, and they did the old. We're mm. going to do the review, which we always do, but like. You knew full well that nothing's coming out until right. The next guy's in place, he's taking over, whoever that may be. And then you've got that smooth transition into what one day this guy's coaching, or you do the old, we're going to get rid of it. And then we, we've got a search on to find who the replacement is, and we'll we'll announce it at next month. Mm-hmm. To go, we're sacking the guy, and then we want, we want the other guy, like the really good guy. But we're not sure we can get the good guy, so we're going to get the, like, not-so-great guy that's next to him and then, like, hope that it kind of works out. Like, he didn't... We know he didn't do great before. <laughs> and, like, it's like had... they've it's like they've given Eddie Jones his P45 and then gone back into the room and said, here, you went down to the credit union, didn't you, to check that we had enough money for Steve Borthwick? <laughs> oh, shit, I forgot to do that. And then they went there and they had no money left. But it, it appears that Richard Cockrell is going to be England head coach for the Six Nations because that's the next time England need a head coach. So if they were going to be able to get Borthwick by then, they wouldn't have needed Richard Cockrell. Yeah. So if if Borthwick is not going to be able to come in until after Leicester's season is finished, that means he's going to have, what, the the, the seven or eight weeks pre-World Cup and really? that's it. It, it. What it. the fuck? Are the RFU doing? Has like has Wayne Pivak gotten a job with the IRFU since he got sacked yesterday and put all this in motion? Because that's the level of incompetence it feels like from them. Honestly, it's mind-blowingly bad stuff. Also, you... like we're we're not English, so like fucking well for them, but it's <laughs> it's absolutely mind-blowing. Do you know what I think happened? I think you were kind of onto something. I think they sacked Eddie, and then between the approach that sacking Eddie and the approach for Borthwick, the money came out for the consultation on the new power play laws that they obviously <laughs> put in place. And then they couldn't afford Borthwick to pay him off. So now all they've got is Richard Cockrell and um a mad set of laws that no one understands. I can't even remember like, what they were. So we, like fucking wheelbarrow races to scrums for <laughs> or whatever it was. Like I love that one. I love like Steve other. Borthwick. Steve Borthwick learned how to be a coach from Eddie Jones essentially. So essentially, what you're doing is sacking the best in the world at the thing that you hired him to do. You know, he is the best coach there is for peaking at the World Cup. He he's the most proven and the best at doing this. You've sacked him nine months before the thing that he's been building for and you're going to replace him way too late with a guy who could probably do most of the same things but not as well because he hasn't been doing it as long and he only half learned from this guy. It's unbelievably stupid. It, it they've, they've done a queen. They've replaced Freddie Mercury with Adam Lambert but Queen didn't have a choice. The RFU did. And yeah. Like, yeah. I do, do we think I've got a theory that Eddie's now going to turn up in America and, and take over the Eagles and take them to a World Cup in four years' time? I think if if there is not a clause in Eddie Jones's contract that says that he can't take another job until after the World Cup, they have fucked up big time because whoever can get him on some sort of 
nondescript, vague consultancy role will clean up in this World Cup because he knows everything that England are going to try and do. Uh, I'd be very, I'd be very interested to see if, um, if the rumors that he was taking over from America after the World Cup, if there was any truth to those, I'd be very interested to see if he wants to start that job early. Or I would also not be surprised if you know Japan or Argentina or someone who's in England's group tried to get him in as an assistant coach short term just to feed them secrets about England, essentially. I think it's absolutely brain-dead stuff from the RFU. I, I genuinely can't believe it. It's like watching it's like watching a sitcom, like a car crash episode of a sitcom. Imagine if um, if they try to do the same thing with Wayne Pivak and they're like, okay, what, what are Wales going to do here? He's like, I don't have a clue, mate. I, just, <laughs> I have no idea what, what the plan was, to be honest. Maybe an offload. Maybe we'll throw another three offloads in, a couple of passes to the floor. <laughs> what are Wales gonna do? Lose. We'll <laughs> pick pick fifteen open sides, and uh, <laughs> Josh McLeod will go off after three minutes. That was the plan. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. So I just like the, I feel like I can't say anything else about it except I don't understand. I don't believe it. It is madness. Uh, BT had quite an interesting um idea on who might take over the job, which included Richard Borthwick, Richard Cockrell, um Sir Johnny Wilkinson. It's very funny. I just <laughs> I think I just called him Richard Borthwick or Steve Borthwick, obviously I meant uh Richard Cockrell. Yeah. And then Sir Clive and Johnny Wilkinson. Which is the dream team. Up, is that just playing up to the like most people don't even know what rugby is, but they know Johnny Wilkinson and Clive Woodward, so let's put them in. I mean it's that that graphic was very funny um i i wish th- i wish they would give it to clive woodward to be honest i would love them to give it to clive woodward i would it'd be extremely funny yeah i would specifically like them to give it to the um british like british and irish lions coach so clive woodward would be fantastic <laughs> or southampton director of football clive woodward would be would be my pick if we get to choose which uh which Clive Woodward takes over that England job. You could tell him that he's coaching football. <laughs> Doesn't even I white Wayne Pivak might not even know the difference. Um <laughs> it would be interesting to see like we we would we would be the best fit for Eddie if he was to join someone. Do you think, do you think like obviously he's worked with Farrell before, so could you see him sliding in? In some sort of consultancy role at Ireland, like he loves a consultancy role. We're aware of this. I don't think that, at the risk of sound, at, at the risk of it sounding like arrogance, and that's not how I mean it to sound. I don't think that Ireland necessarily have a place for him. Um, I think that if he was going to sign up somewhere short term, I think Michael Checa would be on the phone to him to be honest, because Argentina are in England's group in the World Cup. And if he got in there, um, you know, he'd be extremely valuable to them. I think where he's going after the World Cup, you know, who snaps him back, who snaps him up for after the World Cup could have a huge role to play in where he goes now, if that makes sense. So, yeah. like, if the America stuff is true, um, I think I could see him going over there beforehand. I don't know if they um I don't know if they 
have a clause in his contract that says he can't go any, you know, is is he sacked or is he on gardening leave? That's kind of the big question. Yeah. There are there are sort of whispers about America, there are whispers about Japan. I don't I don't know if he would go back to Japan, but I think if he's if he already had a long-term job pretty much lined up, he will probably just go there. If not, I could see Argentina making a play for him. That'd be an interesting one. I think him and Michael Checker together would be an absolute nightmare duo. Oh, yeah. But for everyone I think else especially in terms of, you know, a sh- like short term success with a very clear goal. I think that that could work very well. That could put Argentina on a real run. Uh, this is my thing with Richard Cockrell. Short term, and with players only having to deal with him a couple of weeks at a time, I think he could be quite a good coach for England. Because I think that the thing that's always ruined him before is, and I said this on the podcast that when he got sacked by, by Edinburgh, like when you've got to get up, and that's your life. When you've got to see the same guy day in day out who's making your mm. life a misery, that that's a it's a horrible thing. Like we've all been in that job that you don't want to go into in the morning because there's someone you don't like there. But if you're only seeing him every couple of months for a few weeks at the time, and he beasts the shit out of you, and then you go back to your club level, but it works. A player's a little bit more responsive. So, I mean, maybe not because Eddie's got sacked for being a bully, but I think it's a bit easier to take. So do you I think, think it could work or in, not? I think in theory, yes, but it appears that they only want him for this Six Nations it's until they can afford else. to buy Steve Borthwick. So if if it had been, look, it's Richard Cockrell now until until at least after the World Cup, then yeah, to be honest, I, I, I agree with you. But it appears that they're waiting for Borthwick. And I don't know if, if they're waiting for Borthwick because they want to take, you know, Sinfield as well. Like, I don't know if they're looking to sort of buy that team, that Leicester team. Um, But I, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder, you know, Richard Cockrell didn't didn't leave Leicester on the, the best terms. And there's a huge spine of that England team that are either current or former Leicester players. Be very interested in in reactions, I guess. I just think that they've messed up the whole thing. I think it like in another in another world, Richard Cockrell could work as an England head coach, but I don't think we're in that world. <laughs> Look, I don't know what world we're in anymore when it comes to rugby. It, it, this is an absolutely mental place to be. But I, I'm loving every second of it. And I, I do hope, mm. obviously, as a Welshman, that Gatland is the new old saviour of Welsh rugby and that England absolutely collapse under the weight of the biggest, weirdest, stupidest decision they've made. If Wales are gonna if Wales are gonna win the World Cup, then I'm all right with it. But if they get to if they beat Ireland in a semi-final and get to a final and lose, I'll be fucking apoplectic. Mm. You know exactly what's going to happen now. Like, we know Wales are going to somehow get to a semi-final. Ireland are going to lose their first knockout game. Scotland will go out in the pools. Like, everything's just... Re- life's returning to normal. Now, this is the way... But, like, be. England are genuinely now in danger of not getting out of that group. Because I think Argentina are have been building and 
they seem pretty comfortable in what they have with Michael Cheka. They know the kind of guy that they have and they seem to be dealing with it and they're getting results. And they will take massive confidence from the fact that they beat England this year in Twickenham. So they know even, you know, any team can beat any team on a day, but they know that they can beat England because they, they just did it. In their own and backyard. Japan, like Japan could, Japan could strike on them now because they're still going to be in such disarray by then. And like England, I've never like, it's like a, it's like a, they've gone down on a roller coaster from we will we will probably be in this World Cup final too. Oh, I hope we get out of the group. I, I think it's unbelievable. They, they will go out the pool despite the best efforts of uh, the future of rugby, Chile. Um, <laughs> I I do think England will go through. I can't see it being that. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I'm seeing that, but I can I. It wouldn't be the first it? time. It wouldn't be the first time England didn't get out of the group in a World Cup. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was uh, that obviously ushered Eddie in, so it would be ironic if the first pool that he's in after that they don't get out of. Bring bring back Lancaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I I feel sorry for him. I do feel really sorry for him. I, I just think I just can't I can't get over how 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 epically they have fumbled the bag here like it is just unbelievable every week you mention someone fumbling a bag now and i don't know <laughs> it's, it's only up. it's only england it's just because that's what they keep doing um it'll be interesting to see you said that the other news this week should we move on from those two um yeah not a hell of a lot um Luke Cowan Dickey is leaving Exeter to go to Montpellier, mm. which means they're going to be without him as well. He's been a pretty outstanding performer during Eddie's reign. Sam Simmons obviously also off the front, but Eddie has brought in sort of or brought through a few players while he's been there. Yeah, it's quite a big loss, would we say? I mean, he's still only he's not even thirty yet. Yeah, I think so. I think that he has been, you know, if not starting for England, has been in and around every England squad on match day 23, essentially since the last World Cup, it feels like. And it's there seems to be a bit of an exodus of players going from England to France at the minute. And I don't know if that's, I don't know what that that's indicative of. I mean, we look at Wasps and Worcester and maybe players are just not willing to sit and wait for that to happen to their club because it appears that no one is safe. But yeah, I think it's certainly interesting. And England have such a massive player pool that you almost sort of feel like they won't struggle to replace these players in terms of like numbers. But Luke Cowan Dickey on his day is is a super player. And yeah, it's it's kind of it's a bit it's a bit remarkable seeing these these players who because when it was like say Joe Marchant, like Joe Marchant has been in and around, he's he they announced this week that he's going to Stade Francais, I believe. Stade Francais, yeah. Um he's been sort of in and around England teams, but it's never felt like he was going to be the guy. Like Luke Houndicky on his on his day, I mean he overtook Jamie George and he was England's first choice hooker for a good while. So yeah, I think it's um it's very interesting to see the 
these movements that are happening from England. I mean, we look at even Dan Bigger as well. I know he's not English, but he left, you know, in the middle of the season and went down yeah. to Toulon. And it, yeah, it, it is very interesting. It's um, It feels like something to definitely keep an eye on in terms of what is actually happening in England. Well, and then obviously Wales, we've got the, the long-term six-year plan in place now. But the probably... verbal agreement. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of what, what of what? What could possibly I'm assuming it's mo- I'm assuming it's money, but like they just said we have verbally agreed terms or something. I was like, you're really given no information there. And also, you know, put it on paper. We verbally agreed, and then they go to sign the contracts and, and Cardiff are like, no, I've changed my mind. Actually, yeah. No, no, I think about it. well will it may may already be too late for Will Rowland as well, who seems to be going to Ross in ninety two. Yeah. Um, like I'd imagine if Gatlin come in, he came, come in. If Gatlin <laughs> came in, <laughs> I did that a few weeks ago. <laughs> like Will Rowland's been a fantastic player in a not so fantastic Welsh team. He's done yeah. really well, I think, and proven a lot of people wrong. It's a big one to lose. Mm-hmm. Do you th- how much of a, an impact do you think that'll have on, on Wales? And how do you think he'll do at Racing? I think, first of all, people are sort of... I've seen I've seen a subsection of Twitter be kind of annoyed at him for this. And I just think, ultimately, he has to earn money to, you know, sustain his himself and his family. And he shouldn't have to wait, you know, until, like, February, just because the WR are you in such a state that the Dragons can't offer him a contract? And if someone else is offering him a contract, I don't see why he wouldn't take it, to be honest. Um, I think that he is someone who has probably surprised all of us in how much he's actually just become just a like an actually just class player. And I think that I think that Wales Wales will miss him. I I I think that he will fit in well at Racing because um he's a big lock and I don't think that there's any team that will that won't fit in a big lock somewhere. But um I think Wales will miss him. I think he was kind of slowly becoming a bit of a cornerstone for Wales. And it'll be interesting to see who Gatlin sees as his starting second row pair if he goes back to sort of Beard and Alan Wynne Jones or if he looks elsewhere. But I think that I think the Wales will feel that loss for sure, and the Dragons definitely will. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting. They actually as well like it's not fully been announced on where he's going to go yet, so that's not confirmed. So no, but it, it probably will be Racing though. It's looking like it, but then there's always, but I can't even go in anyway within Wales anyway, which means it's already going to be a, a difficult one. Like, do you think that the sixty cap will may have run its course now? I think. But then, yeah, I wonder if because Gatlin brought it in essentially, didn't he? Well, yeah, depending on like he, he'll say no, but kind of, but it was always like a, a halfway house between what anybody ever wanted as well, anyway. But I wonder yeah. if he'll say, Do you know what, too many of them are gone now, so yeah, because ultimately, like people talk about these rules and stuff, they're not really rules, like he can pick whoever he wants. Well, yeah, like Ireland, the... Ireland picked Sexton the whole time he played in France. And, you uh, know, if, 
if Ty Furlong announced in the morning that he was heading off to France, that Ireland wouldn't stop picking him either. Like they stopped picking Simon Zebo just when he said he was going to France, even when he was still playing at Munster the first time. Like it, you know, you they these coaches cannot choose to apply the rules based on whether or not they like the guy that they that that they apply to. So I wonder if we might see some sort of rollback on the sixty cap rule, but. Regardless, you know that's a, a it's a massive player for the Dragons to be losing certainly. And even the All Blacks would have caved on that when they went Dan Carter at his sabbatical. He didn't he didn't play in France. He was having a sabbatical. I think you're fine. So he's still eligible <laughs> while he completes his sabbatical. You're going? Did he just sign a contract with a French team? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> um, maybe the answer is um, Corey Hill. Maybe all Wales's answers. Or in Japan, Corey Hill. I mean, has it been long enough pe- to, for people to forget now? The, uh, the I thing, wonder the, the thing what he did with the thing with the bot and the thing, um, and and Adley Parks. Maybe maybe, uh, Eddie Jones's future doesn't lie in Japan. Maybe Wales is this. Definitely, I mean, probably definitely not, an, but... an, in- an interesting an interesting idea. We'll see. <laughs> to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if. Hadley Parks rocks up on his fucking Zimmer frame into the squad there for the World Cup. <laughs> Jamie Roberts out of retirement. He's not up to much now, is he? I do Sam feel sorry. Sam, Sam, I know you retired because of injury, but like it's been a few years now. Like You're surely fixed. Get in there. I do feel sorry for, for Pivak. Like I said, like he, he, his whole time at Wales, Warren Gatland has just stood behind him. Like a shadow in the background, like, and at no point has he just been able to be his own man. His first game, Warren Gatlin was there, and then the Gatlin Gates, and then he turns up while he's struggling, and Gatlin stood on the sideline <laughs> working for Amazon, just always lurking in the background, like one of those shadows in a picture in a horror film. That like, yeah, he, I do he, think to to a, to a certain extent, though. Also, he did take every opportunity he could to blame anyone else and throw anyone else under the bus for Wales losing. Like including blaming losing at home to Italy on an inexperienced TMO, despite the fact that the TMO was Joy Neville, who has refereed a World Cup final. So, in one way, I agree, and I do feel sorry for him because it just it always just felt like he was slightly out of his depth. But also, is he maybe a bit of a dickhead? So, um, <laughs> Peter Jackson said on Twitter this week that actually, you know, he's never blamed anyone else. So why why am I? I feel like that's kind of blatantly a lie, and it's very provably, very easily proven to be a lie. So I mean, if not by the fact that quite early on Byron Hayward was given a P forty five. Um, <laughs> quickly moving on to uh this week's Champions Cup before we wrap it all up. So European rugby, it's back. European rugby. Remember club rugby? That that's that's like proper. <laughs> remember people people forgot about that for a bit. Um, I I kind of got lost in all the excitement this weekend, but yeah, Championship Rugby's back. War, uh, championship Rugby. Uh, Champions Cup Rugby, I meant. Championship are Rugby. Watching, are we watching Jersey Reds versus Bedford Blues this weekend? Then? I was gonna say Championship Rugby is also back. If that if that's <laughs> your bag, I'm personally, Artbury versus Coventry is a big one for me. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I've actually been to see Jersey Reds play. They weren't very good, I'll be honest. <laughs> you can't you can't say that. Don't be mean. Um <laughs> we, we like Jersey. Jersey's been nice. Um, but they are playing Nottingham on Friday night if you're interested, but it's in Nottingham. Um 
what games are we looking forward to? What games are we avoiding? What's standing out for you? What game am I looking forward to in the yeah. Champions Cup this week? I wonder. Um, Munster are playing to lose. <laughs> oh, yeah, Saracens Edinburgh. Um, London Irish are playing, my favourite team to watch. <laughs> I always go out of my way to watch London Irish games. I see, but um, no, I know, I know you felt the tide was turning, but to me, uh, Saracens versus Edinburgh still feels like a battle of the baddies. Like that still feels like two villains I coming just... into it, like Alien versus Predator going on there. Saracens, Saracens are back. I stand by it, yeah. but um, I am, I am on my way to Thoman Park on Sunday afternoon for those European three PM kickoffs in Thoman Park. Um. I couldn't, you know, you couldn't have to lose in Munster's Heineken Cup pool six months after the penalty shootout. And, you know, there was no way I was watching that at home. So down I go. But I think that there are some across the board. I mean, in general, just having the having the South African teams in there is going to be yep. very interesting. Um, that's obviously something that we haven't seen before. We have Ospreys versus Leicester, which is a sort of old European rivalry. I love that thing of, teams that sort of don't really have any links to each other becoming European rivals because they keep getting drawn in the same pool. That's really we fun. Kind of pass that baton on because the Scarlet seem to lose to Leicester every year, at least in my Well, Munster have, Munster have Northampton as their other team, and that's Northampton. We've had Simon Zebo's hat-trick in 2011. We had Ronan O'Gara's 141 phases drop goal. That was against Northampton. But um, I think, is Munster to lose the game of the weekend or do I just think that it is because, obviously, obviously I'm going to think that. But I, I am super excited about that. I think it is the game of the weekend. I think um, a few months ago, I might have picked out Sharks Quins. I would have been a bit more excited yeah. about that. But that's Sharks it. are um, not in good form right now. Yeah, Claremont Stormers got the potential to be... A, a... Claremont are playing some shocking rugby at the minute, though. But then Europe, like they always come alive in Europe. Yeah, but but French teams in Europe though. But they're home. Okay, yeah, no, fair enough. Claremont <laughs> don't really lose in that stadium unless you're Munster and you bring Josh Witcherly down. That's sort of what happens. But um, I yeah. I think that Munster to lose is one of those games that as much as you sort of roll your eyes at the the magic of European rugby in the Heineken Cup, hearing Munster are playing to lose in the Heineken Cup. Yeah. It just sort of automatically gets you a bit excited. And then you just think about the last time that they played, the fact that it was only this year and we had the extra time and the penalty shootout. Um, I was at that one as well. That was hopefully uh hopefully not as nice a day as Sunday is gonna be, because that was that was an upsetting one. But um <laughs> I'm I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm I'm so excited to but as much as I loved Porky Cueve, I'm really excited to be back in, in Bees Terrace and to see, you know, to see Angie Capuzzo in person and just be like, oh my God, that's Angie Capuzzo. It, it does feel like the, the, the game and like the teams with big histories, both in good enough form going into it now that Munster won three on a bounce. Um, like we said that we thought Munster would guess with our bad patch and that like they are. And as long as Fekatoa can get a connecting fight back between now and Sunday, <laughs> then yeah, we'll we should be fine. I think that um, it sounds silly, but 
Munster, Munster just, they turn it on for Europe. They always find a way in Europe. And I, and, and I know how that sounds coming from me. And I roll my eyes at the way that BT Sports and previously Sky Sports talk about them as well. But I feel like this game might be there for them. And just saying that a team that lost to the Dragons two months ago, I think that they might be to lose this weekend sounds ludicrous. But I I can see it. I can see it happening. I'm really really liking a lot of the way that Munster are playing at the minute. And I think, you know, they had a janky enough start to that game away against Edinburgh and managed to come back and win it comfortably with a bonus point. And I don't know. I just, it feels like this for me, I, I feel like there's something in the air around this game. And I don't know if that's, that probably is me getting caught up in Thoman Park and the, the sort of, the penalty shootout and zombie by the cranberries and all of these things. But it feels, it feels like it could be special. And even though, even though it was meant to be to lose without Antoine Dupont and it is now to lose with Antoine Dupont. So I have signed up for Vimeo and uh, I will be, I will be making my debut on Vimeo if he, if he wins that game for to lose, but I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. Um, You say that everything that's going on and like the team is a lost to the dragons and everything. But this is further proof that Rob Howley does now deserve to be Wales's attacking assistant coach because rugby is now chaos and he unleashed this on the game. He brought this That is true. World. So if he's anyone patience, knows, he's patient zero for rugby chaos. And if anyone knows how to control it and turn this into a World Cup winning team, it's Rob Howley. And so I hundred percent think you should get that and on that note so we have this week's winners and wankers. We'll start with our wankers first. I, I did have the RFU, but then I sort of thought about it and I was like, well, in a way, I'm kind of happy that they've done it because I, you know, I'm not English. So uh, my wanker this week is going to be Warren Gatland because fucking hell, that man just does not like his own children. <laughs> We talked about the absent father. It is only a matter of time before he's absent into the gap in the roof. Um, my one gets all the RFU because we are all <laughs> doing. Like obviously, Honestly. it's the RFU. Like, like they've taken. They've not only shot themselves in the foot. They've taken their leg off at the knee. Like it, it just needed a little bit of time. Like, don't panic. Everything's going to be fine. And if you were going to panic, don't do it now. Like, if you're going to hit the panic button, honestly, last year was the time to do it, not now. A word for um for Ulster as well, who were 103 points up against 14-man Leinster and still decided to let that game go in one of... in Honestly, the RFU really took the title of best collapse of the last four days away from Ulster because that was remarkable stuff the second half of that game to watch. It was like they just they just decided that they did not want to beat Leinster in the RDS, which is a kind of a strange thing to decide, to be honest, but that's what they decided. Oh, I tell you the other reason um why the RFU was my wankers is because they've turned down the um appeals of Was and Worcester. Yeah, I saw that. And yeah, like come on, like who, who are you helping you? Like who, who does sticking by that decision help? From yeah. what I understand, there's now a chance that they might not even be able to play in the championship next season. Yeah, which is heartbreaking. Really, it's yeah, it feels like they're not handling it very well. It it it's bonkers, 
bonkers. Um, uh, winners for this week. I couldn't think. Well, we do have no wankers then. Winners. <laughs> um, Antoine Friche. I am a huge fan of this guy. I absolutely love him. I think that he is. He's he's really making monster work, and I think that he's something that maybe we have been looking for for a long time. And I think that he will have his say in an Ireland jersey before long as well, because he's eligible for a lot of different countries. And I think that Ireland will want to nail him down while they can. And I think there are there are a number of monster players playing well. Craig Casey is in superb form. He's flying it at the minute. Um. John Hodnett, the occupier of my heart. I love John Hodnett so much. Every time I see that red scrum cap, it just makes me so fucking happy. Um, but Antoine Friche, I think he's he's something special. And there was a lot of the preseason buzz around Munster was around Fekatoa. And obviously he's been very open about his sort of teething difficulties that he's had at the club. And I think that has shown with his on-the-pitch performances. And while I think that Fekatoa's form will improve, I don't think that he will play like he has been the whole time I think that Antoine Friche could be something very 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 special and I'm really looking forward to seeing him in person this weekend now um you were a very early adopter as well of Friche in a in a Munster shirt you said very early on how good he looked and how, how you thought he was going to do really well and yeah he's proven you're right not we ever doubted that um <laughs> my winner for this week is um I I wrote on I wrote on Ian Foster, which clearly isn't right. Scott Robinson is my winner for the week because nothing quite does your claims to be in your country's next coach so much as Warren Gatlin saying that it absolutely should be you. Like if there was any doubt that he should get, it's surely the guy who's managed to transform Wales, who was shit before and a shit now, into some a nation that competed not only in the Six Nations, but genuinely competed at the World Cup and probably should have won one of them. If that doesn't make the the union in New Zealand open their eyes and take a look and say, well, we need to get this guy in this job as soon as we possibly can mm. at the end of the next World Cup, then I'm not sure like what, what it's going to take. So he must be absolutely buzzing to be sat in the house having done absolutely nothing for a little bit <laughs> for all the time that he's, he's laid down markers whilst coaching to say that it probably should be him that gets the New Zealand job. To then have Warren Gatlin say, well, actually it should be him and I didn't want the job in 2019 because I thought it should have been him then and I think it should be him now. Like, that, that's... You, you I liked that... Um, I liked that Warren really had to roll it back because someone asked him, do you think... He should be the next All Blacks coach, and Warren had to go. Yeah, well, um, well, if they if they decide to make a change after the World Cup, then yes, yeah. as like as like it's not it's not a foregone conclusion that Ian Foster won't have a job in ten months' time, but everyone's sort of acting like it is. I think fucking Joe Schmidt's a bit raging about that. He's like, I've literally gotten myself in onto the coaching team, and people are still not saying I people, should be doing it. People still won't accept it. I've beaten the All Blacks. I'm here now. What do I have to do? <laughs> Um. Yeah. So I. I think if you, if you raise it, you've got to be something else. Feeling pretty good about yourself right now. So, I wonder. Um. I wonder. Will he bring the break dancing with him? I'm sure he will. 
this is the thing I thought with wheels, right? Can you win a Grand Slam and they do a break dance and they are? I mean, it'd be really slippy because the roof doesn't shut, so he'd be able to spin <laughs> on really well. But like, he's got a little, he's got a little spotlight though, because the sun will shine in through the bit of the roof that's true. still open, and that's where that's his stage for his break dancing. Not only will he have the light shining through, he'll have DJ Spoonie picking which song he's going to break dance to. And because so, it'll be because it'll be raining while the sun shines in, he can be like um, Tom Holland doing the lip syncing to Umbrella by Rihanna, and he'll have the rain there. For him to sort of make look dramatic, like he's in a step up film or something, I think it could work, you know, with a little rainbow above him. (laughs) I I think my photoshopping needs to start now. Um, (laughs) and I think that's all for this week. So that's all that's left is for me to say my thank you. So thank you, as always, Patricia, for joining me. Thank you to Warren Gatland for bringing us so much joy this week, and thanks to you for listening. Cheers, thanks all. Bye now. You've been listening to Rock and Roll. If you've stuck with us this far, leave us a review. Follow us, not just you, but on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And drop us a message. You're a pretty friendly bunch. It'll be great to hear from you no matter what you want to say. And we'll see you next time. Thanks very much for listening. Bye for now. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.